The reading from today is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 to 40. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Amen. This morning we're picking up on our fourth uh, Sunday of Advent, we've been talking about what is, what is our preparation and what is our expectation and what is our reaction to Christmas, to the birth of Jesus Christ. And uh, as we have talked about uh, in preparation for this wonderful event, we are called to worship fully, to spend less, and yet to give more and this week we're called to an equally easy task to love all right no sweat no problem (laughs) to love all and actually maybe on the offset that sounds that sounds pretty easy uh people we come in contact with uh it's pretty easy to love perhaps and maybe that's because we isolate our ourselves or we keep ourselves around people that are easy to love. Uh, you know, we choose our friends and our family. Well, we don't choose our family, do we? But, <laughs> but we've gotten used to loving them, I guess. <laughs> uh, and even when they're difficult to love, even when our friends and our family are difficult to love, uh, something has brought us together, and so there's, there's that. Uh, and I think sometimes we think that love comes easily until we are challenged in that i had a I had a friend once that i was talking about how blessed i had been in my life that that i had colleagues who were clergy people who really struggled to get to the point of being ordained uh one person it took her like 17 years and there was all these obstacles in the way and it just one thing after the next just kept thwarting her efforts to get ordained and and have things done right and i i was talking about how easy it was for me right i just zipped right through and got ordained and got a job and i've been working ever since and i was saying well you know that that's interesting i wonder why how come i was so blessed with it how come it was so easy for me and this friend looked at me and said well maybe you were just making the easy choices thanks thanks for that that's that's great (laughs) But you know, there's something to that. Sometimes we don't choose pain. We don't choose difficulty. We don't choose when it's hard. But here's where I'm going with this. is It is an absolute truth. I don't usually talk about absolutisms. 
I don't usually say it's black and white, do I? You never hear that from Pastor Curtis. But today, what I am telling you is an absolute truth that you cannot say that you love Jesus Christ and not care for the poor. And not care for the needy. And not care for the sinners. And not care for your enemies. And not, ca- not care for those who are left out. Furthermore, not just care for them, but love them. We are called to love them. Jesus says, what credit is it to you if you love those who love you back? Even sinners do that. Matthew switches it to even pagans do that. <laughs> he has an agenda. So, <laughs> you know, but what credit is to you? you? But I say to you, Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, who do wrong for you. Wow, that's a tall order. Thanks a lot. Jesus throwing a wrench in my Christmas plans love my enemies Jesus demonstrated this this uh, we we miss uh, sometimes we miss this because it's a 2,000 year old document right we're looking at this story through our modern lens but but Jesus demonstrated this when a Roman centurion now Roman centurion would be like a colonel today right someone who's in charge Someone who's in charge of a lot of people. A Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, my son is dying. And Jesus heals him. Now, just to paint the picture, that would be the same as a Nazi officer coming to a Jewish doctor and saying, save my son. And the Jewish doctor doing it. Because the Romans were occupiers, just like Nazi, the Nazis occupied France and Holland, Denmark. The Nazis were occupiers. The Romans were occupiers of Palestine, of Judea, of Jerusalem. And Jesus was a Jew who was oppressed by the Romans. My son is dying, my son is healed moved with compassion jesus loved the enemy and met the enemy with love and it's tough in this world we live in today it's tough i hear about a school in palestine where children are needlessly shot down and it's tough tough for me not want to go and Act a little revenge. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to figure out how to love our enemies and those who do wrong. No small order. Christmas is a radical, radical idea. To love the poor, the disenfranchised, the left out. The reason we know Jesus is all about that, it starts right at the very beginning. At the heart of the, of the Christmas narrative, when Luke and Matthew started writing up a story about Jesus' birth, 
One of the things that is brought out is that Jesus was not born a king, not born in a palace, not born to the rich. Jesus was born poor, left out, disenfranchised, oppressed, in an oppressed state, in an occupied Palestine, to a poor carpenter, to an outcast teenage pregnant girl in difficult circumstances where people were already trying to kill him. The message to us is, if you want a Savior, you better make sure this poor baby grows up. You want a savior, you better make sure this poor baby has enough food to make it. You want a savior, you better make sure this poor baby has an education. If you want a savior, you better protect this family. Even though the laws of your religion may say she is a sinner and should be cast out, you better take care of that girl. If you want a savior, because if she doesn't do well, then Jesus isn't going to do well. And if Jesus doesn't do well, where's our Messiah? The message coming to us in that birth story about what love looks like. And we cannot in good conscience, it's an absolutism, you cannot in good conscience claim to love Christ and ignore those who are in need, who are poor, who are left out, who are hungry, who are working three jobs and still not making it, who are being exploited and it is so hidden we have to go looking for it to see it. But there are, pe- there are slaves in our country. There are women being exploited. There are workers being exploited. And without even knowing it, we're helping to pay for it. We cannot love God and hide ourselves away. We cannot, and, and the Advent conspiracy book that we've been reading face this reality that to love Jesus is to love those who don't have, who are hurt, who are poor, who are left out. And what they started, they started looking beyond our borders out into other countries, and the thing that they latched onto was the need for clean water something we take for granted well it 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 slays me don't get me started on this but bottled water in the united states is just the silliest thing i've ever seen in my life we have the cleanest water in the entire planet and it comes right out of the tap and we go buy our water because we don't want that yucky water people would kill for our water people do kill for water clean water that's what they that's what they started grabbing on to and they're their program which we we didn't jump on this fast enough or we we might be participating in that i think like in april or so i'm gonna i'm we're gonna talk about clean water as a as a as an effort from this congregation 
but clean water. Just giving people clean water. When we, out of love, reach out and make a difference among the poor, we build the kingdom of God. That's simple. When we reach out to the poor, when we love our enemies, when we bring in those who have been pushed out, when we draw in from the outside, from the margins, those who have been told you don't belong, when we love the unlovable, touch the untouchable, we build the kingdom of God right here. Amen? You can say amen, it's okay. Tell me you agree. (laughs) So much of our Christian faith has been focused on what happens when we die. But we forget to live. So much has gone into taking care of that salvation after we leave this place. That we forget to care for those among us. That they don't need heaven. They need the kingdom of God here and now. And Jesus empowered us, called us, equipped us, commanded us to live out that kingdom of God in the here and now until we draw that last breath. On Christmas, when we are filled with so much love, and I know you are. I know, you know, I'm, in a lot of ways, I know I'm preaching to the choir. That we know this in our heart of hearts. We know this. But in Christmas, it's a time to recommit ourselves to that kingdom-building work. It's a time to sing. It's a time to share presence. It's a time to gather as a family and love those who love us back. Please do. Please spend time with your lovely families. It's a time to, you know, that fills your cup. Amen? But then, the response to the birth of Christ has to be we roll up our sleeves and we get to work changing this world, making it more like the kingdom of God. Amen? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, You call us to love all. And that is so much harder than we ever thought it would be. You call us to love those who who don't love us back. You call us to love those who are far away. You call us to go and look for those who are hidden, who need our love the most. Help us to know how to go about doing that. Whether our actions be small or big, we know, God, that they build up the kingdom of God. Help us to grab on to Your vision for that. May we be Your hands and feet in this world. Christ, we pray.